We are absolutely delighted to be once again brought to you by The Athletic. If you want a seven-day free trial of their service, which is a world-class football writing service covering Manchester United and the Premier League and football beyond, head over to www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash NQATpod. There you'll get a seven-day free trial and 50% off your first year's membership. And we'll talk more about that later in the show. So, Ed, have you recovered from the incredible excitement of Transfer Deadline Day where we did a last-minute high-profile deal? Wow, yes, yes. There was a lot of excitement for that deal amongst Nigerian Twitter. That's lovely, though, by the way. That that made my heart full of happiness and joy. I mean, the quality of the signing, not so much the emotion attached for that particular individual. It's a childhood Man United fan. First Nigerian yes. ever to play for us, assuming he does play for us because, you know, um, we'll see what happens. But We might crock him before he actually uh, gets to play on the, the 17th, I, yeah, I imagine. because he's, of course, not the first Nigerian to sign for us. Um, that, Is he going to be in quarantine for the next two months? Because of the the, the coronavirus. Yeah, I, I, coronavirus. Was he, <laughs> I was guess he not. In, was he in that part of no, the country? He, no, no, not at all. He's in Shanghai. It's like a thousand miles away or something. Right. So, so, yeah. so it's just sort of borderline xenophobia the question then <laughs> well no no there's been uh there's been cases in beijing right so yeah. i'm supposed to be in china at the end of march i'm i'm thinking that might not be a good idea yeah well uh, uh, so if we need a replacement host have you got anyone lined up have you got have you got it willed to anyone I have not. No, no. Actually, I should draw up a list, okay. shouldn't I, of my uh, my favourite yeah. yeah replacements. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. Instead of like retiring the podcast in honour, you immediately <laughs> went without a second thought. Went to right. Well, who, who are we replacing you with? <laughs> Time for an upgrade. So we should have. No, we should have an order of secession. Right. That's what. We sh- that's what we should do. Yeah, we should do. Who's next in the line? People should fight for it. Literally, I'm giving uh, I'm giving Carl my my job. See if we can tempt him away from his Man United podcast to do this one. Yeah, would you like to come and do a much better podcast? <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Anyway, Igalo, uh, interesting piece of business. We, we talked for some time about Fernandez on the last pod. This one, a little less excitement. I did dig in because, as I said, Nigerian Twitter was extremely excited, and we we have a couple of followers. And including some friends of the show have been like original renters. And um, and they were all very excited about it. And of course, he was top scorer at the last AFCON. And I was digging in. I was like, oh, he had a 20-goal season once. Oh, no, that was in the championship. He had a 15-goal season in the Premier League. Not bad. And then everything else has been a bit crappy, to be honest. A lot of single digits. And then he's done very well in China. And then I thought, hmm. What exactly is the standard of the Chinese league? So I went and looked up the uh, SBI rankings, which is basically the kind of reasonably agreed formula for you know, ranking the quality of different leagues. And it's down at 40-something, I think. Anyway, it's, it's somewhere between the championship and League One in terms of standards. All right. So he's been doing he's well been... at yeah. League One level. 
My favourite tweet of all the excellent tweets about the Odia Nagolo signing came from um, at Nigerian Scams, who uh, is the host of the Shirtless Plantain Show on YouTube and is a very funny man and uh, an astute football observer who says, I don't think you guys understand how many Nigerian matches I've seen where Regalo plays and I want to throw my laptop and TV into the Hudson River. <laughs> so, so, so it's like, not, not all of Nigerian football Twitter was absolutely buzzing about us signing Regalo. No. But of course, like the real reason why this has happened, and sorry for being like a financial cynic here, although I think this is it's fairly safe to say, he's a, he's a client of Elite Sports Management, um, which is Solbakken's agency, uh, Jim Solbakken, who long-term, former footballer, long-term friend of Ollie. Funnily enough, so is Joshua King, the other striker we were going for on the final day. So I think Ollie's mate's done him a solid. Hopefully this is not like the old Fergie days when uh, the solid on, because, uh, you know, Fergie used his favourite agents, of course, and then got a little bit of a kickback. little bit. <laughs> I mean... Allegedly. We literally, we literally can't say that. Allegedly. <laughs> well, there was the whole story about the 50,000 that he accidentally put in a locker somewhere from the Andre Kachowski. No, he, deli- <laughs> he deliberately put it in a locker uh-huh. because yeah. he was so horrified to discover that he'd been given all that money. Totes. Yeah, so yeah. he put it in a safe. Yeah. That's, he was, that, that was the Fergie equivalent of if I did it. Yeah. <laughs> the OJ bug. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to skim off the top of a transfer deal, this is how I would do it. That's not what he said. He, that he was. He said in his book, his good book, the good one, his first one. Like this was a terrible scandal, and he put the money away, and they gave it back the next day. <laughs> anyway, but, um, it was very funny. He wasn't uh, detailing how he got away with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was. Um, of course, the, he used his, uh, it, his brother and his son in various transfer dealings as well. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on from Fergie okay. because otherwise, before the uh, before the um, before the Twitter hate machine descends on me once again for my Steve Bruce faux pas. <laughs> um, the the uh, the the Fergie. I can't believe you've got Fergie now. He's going to not talk to us after games anymore because you mentioned his son being an agent. Oh, that's true. Um, the. the uh, to make a serious point, though, um, I was reading an article on uh, a website called Josimar, which is a, uh, yeah, yeah. a Norwegian football magazine. I, so I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about the... the like. So I was just going to direct people to do their own research into this because I haven't really looked into it. But it, it rang a bunch of alarm bells for me about some really dodgy conduct from Solbak and, and uh, in various different cases, including the trial of the, uh, the case of a player who was on trial for rape. Um, it's a very ugly story with Solbach and kind of denying he was his agent, but Josimar magazine having access to all sorts of like apparent proof that he right. had he was his agent and he was done denying it because the player was in trouble. And anyway, uh, they also had an article on there um, about Solskjaer having a vast amount of money uh, in Luxembourg, which is unknown to the Norwegian <laughs> yes. tax board. It's, it's actually a very good website yeah. with a lot of really in-depth stuff around the, the murkier side of football. Uh, Sol Bakken yeah. tried to sue them, I, I think I remember, for that article a few years back. Yeah? Um, so, And then uh, the case never ended up in court, which was interesting. Right. I say, stroking my beard. Yeah. Anyway... Should we move on from corruption? Yeah, um, Igalo, uh, I remember that one good season he had at Watford and how uh, Louis van Gaal really wanted to buy him for United. Seen a lot of um, 
stats from, let's say, maybe people who we might know who maybe like collate stats and put them together in Instagram posts. And it's like his last two seasons, two full seasons in England, scored 20 goals in one and 15 goals in the other. Doesn't mention his last half a season in England where he played 18, he made 18 starts, which is a lot of starts and scored precisely one that is one goal. One O-N-E, mm. one goal. So not particularly buzzing about Igalo coming along. But I have to say much more happy about him coming on loan than if we were literally buying Josh King, which would have been round sure, the twist. yeah. Well, initially it was an attempted loan, which why would Bournemouth loan out a striker when they're in desperate, desperate straits? And so apparently they said, yeah, sure, we won't stand in your way. United pony up the money. And then suddenly we were like, um, maybe not. I mean, he's got three and 16 this season. So either way, not exactly pulling up trees, either of them. Look, I'm, I mean, not, um, I know we're, we're making fun of this somewhat. I'm, I'm not horrendously against this or something it's no. another warm body and we are short warm bodies and it's alone yeah um uh, i have to say uh shanghai shenhua are getting some of their money back because although he went to china in the first place for 20 million he moved intra china for about five mm. so um they're, they're, i mean he's on massive massive wages and and of course a lot of the chinese clubs now that the tax um regime has changed over there are trying to get rid of their um their foreign players and it's basically decided that that whole experiment was a mistake. Um, so anyway, we'll see. Um, let's let's presume it's just a very short term deal. That's okay. Warm body. Maybe he'll do well for us. Maybe he won't, and we won't really have lost anything. Yeah. I, I think the bigger the bigger thing is what it says about United. And obviously, it says when we're scrabbling around, um. At the the final moment of the transfer deadline in January, trying to replace Romelu Lukaku because this is why we're in such you know one injury and we're in dire straits. Um, and apparently made inquiries or bids for ten different strikers in the final week of the window. I mean, it's just it's just mental and just says so much for how badly run this football club is. The, the interesting thing that the one like very mild defense of this shockingly badly run football club that I would make is it's clearly been a difficult transfer window for a lot of clubs. I mean, Chelsea spent umpteen millions on legal fees to get their transfer ban lifted for this window and then didn't buy anyone. Igalo was apparently, they were, they were all asking about Igalo. All the, the teams that need strikers were asking about Igalo um, around the end of it. Now, who knows what's briefing and what's the truth, but it does seem like it's been a bit of a difficult... I mean, Mourinho most assuredly wanted a striker with Kane injured. Um, yeah. And Chelsea obviously wanted to bring a goal wanted to bring a goal scorer in this this window. Sure, but we've known we were a man short since the summer. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That does make it worse. But it's clearly... It, I mean, all I'm saying is it has clearly been a difficult window. I mean, listen, we don't need any more evidence that the club's shockingly run than the Fernandes deal. The... the the absolute shambolic nature of when that deal was done. And um, mm-hmm. uh, before we talk... And the, the most predictable story of all uh, was, um, I think, James Robson. I guess he, he works for the standards now, Standard now, but he used to work for men. And so, you know, good contact in and around the club um, with the... Uh, this was coming out the summer budget story. And as we said last week, this was... 
you know, pre-spending on the Pogba sale, which is inevitable in the summer now, I'd say. He's a replacement for Pogba. And of all the players that you could replace Pogba with, he's not, in my opinion, ever going to be as good as Pogba. <laughs> um, but he does... He does. He is a good Pogba replacement from an analytics perspective, which is kind of interesting given we've talked a lot about how the club have, you know, they've put all this money into analytics. So kind of, um, they've obviously like run a computer program that's like click a button and get me a Paul Pogba numbers wise. Well, there's there's that. Uh, you know, I, I haven't played Football Manager for many years, but I do have a I have one on my mobile which I play on the train when I'm commuting. And there's that uh, button that says attributes light. So, yeah, they've just gone and done that, haven't they? So anyway, yeah, like we were just saying before we came on air, that uh, if you'd show me Bruno's uh, stats from the Wolves game and I hadn't seen his name, I'd be like, oh, that's Pogba because the amount of deep progression in the passing, um, the flakiness of some of the passing, or you could say risk-taking of some of the passing and and shooting from everywhere was very, very Pogba-like. I mean, the thing I'd say about Bruno in the Wolves game is that he needs to be like 15 or 20 yards further forward for some of that passing to be effective because it's very low percentage when you're doing it from the centre circle. It looked like a tactical switch at half time because I don't know, I haven't looked at maps and stuff, but just from anecdotally, um, it looked like in the first half he was playing essentially at 10 in the in the three, in the four, two, three, one, And then in the second half he was he was playing at eight. That's That's how it looked to me. Like he literally swapped positions at half time um when uh, because Pereira was so like wildly ineffective in the first half they he shuffled the deck um that's 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 what i thought um i don't know whether that i've literally just made that but it seemed to be what was happening to me uh, and because uh, he did look like he was getting on the ball in in a bit more space a bit further forward in the first half i mean the game look, we are like 10 minutes into the show this is the first thing we've said about the game it was just... Well, it was dreadful, so yeah. <laughs> why would we want to talk about football on this show? Fernandez was the only... I'm not saying he was the only good performer for United. Uh, Maguire had a good game. Um, yeah. We... I mean, Gary... So defensively, we were very sound, actually. Yeah, Gary yeah. Neville made the point on commentary over and over and over again that this the, the reason for the poor quality of the game was this was two teams who were desperately trying to protect against each other's counter-attacking prowess. And so neither team would gamble enough going forward. Um, I think Wolves gambled a little bit more effectively than us going forward. They certainly had more and better chances than us. Um, But yeah, defensively, we were good. Uh, And that's it, really. Uh, Fernandes was fun. Uh, Martial got loads of stick. Uh, Not his best game, to be fair. No, pretty bad. He looked really lethargic. Yeah, I've been saying for a couple of weeks he looks absolutely shattered and, of course, he can't get a rest, so... No, Dan Dan James, I thought, had a poor game. He, he, I mean, in fairness, I think he's been poor for quite some time. He just can't get into games at the moment. Um, And I I don't know whether he needs to either go back to some basics and just hug the touchline and run, Um, or or he would have been much better, of course, which which was the plan at one point, coming on as an impact sub because he'd be absolutely devastating as the, the game opens out a little bit. And and he's played an awful lot of football for a kid that's come out of the championship. 
and now he's suffering. And, and I th- I'm pretty sure we predicted that this would happen yeah. back in the summer, that it would be really hard for him, uh, especially if he played a lot of football. So it is, you know, the bright spots for me, defensively sound. Maguire had a good game because he's he's had some shockers. Fred, again, a lot of touches, you know, looks like a proper player now. I'm not going to go over the top. There's, you know, quite a lot of people on uh, on Twitter very excited about Fred. I I'm not saying that at all because he he's still very safe, but he's he's better than him being a pub player. Um, Fernandez, a lot of touches, got involved, some shooting, one great chance for him. Um, great chance, yeah. Low XG on the edge of the area, but for for him that's high XG, isn't it? Because he loves banging it in from there. Maybe it was too near. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> my, Anything from 35 yards and further out is his range. I think one of my very favourite moments of the game was his first shot because it was from such a wild angle and distance. And you're like, oh, the stories which we have heard, the stories turned out to be true. This is you, Bruno yeah. Fernandes. Not into the new... Sees the whites of the keeper's eyes, he's going to shoot. Uh, not even, yeah. not even. <laughs> like, he's the white of the defensive midfielder's eyes and he's going to shoot. Um the uh, the new Bruno chance rubbish, but it's fine. It's caught on now. It's too late to do anything, but it is rubbish and it's lyrically rubbish and tun- tunally unoriginal. So yeah, not good. It ends with the line, "He's our Portuguese magnifico." Not not a fan. Not a fan. Um, also not a fan of the Premier League table because bloody bloody Jose bloody Mourinho. <laughs> bloody bloody beating City because we can't have nice things so uh, United uh, having clung on to this kind of in a way it's kind of a uh, not a good thing but um, a sort of uh, it's a more honest representation of what our season's been like that we are seventh yeah. in the league than if we were fifth at the end of this weekend yeah well, it's good job the uh, winter break has come now because uh, an extra game now and we could be behind Everton, Everton, who've been having an absolutely shocking season under Marco Silva. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know. Two, um, two, points, two points behind us. Two points behind us. They sacked their manager. Arsenal are now only four points behind us. Arsenal in 10th in the league. Oh, you know who else is four points behind us? Literally everyone. Arsenal, Burnley, Newcastle and Southampton. So we're now six points off Southampton. Yeah, South- four points behind us, and they got beaten nine nil at one stage this season. <laughs> so um, in in fourteenth place in the league on thirty points, aka five points, but beneath us are Crystal Palace, and that's the last team that uh, we're further away from underneath us than we are Chelsea. Um, we are thirty eight points off the league leaders in some seasons. 38 points off the league leaders would have you relegated. <laughs> in many seasons, in fact. Would it? 38 points by the end of the season? Yeah, yeah. Between 80 and 90 was standard. In fact, 75 to 90 was, was standard. United won the, the league with 72 at one stage. Right, remember? yeah. Fergie right. era. Okay. Um, so, yeah, well, there you go. I mean, it's it, you have to look a long way down before you find a team that we're further away from than Chelsea in fourth, never mind... That, I mean, you're talking about the league leaders. I'm not even... The league leaders who are 22 points ahead of second place in the league this season. So, anyway, that's an, a conversation for a different day. But, yeah, seventh in the league after a very drab, disappointing 0-0 against Wolves. We've played Wolves four times this season, I think. It was a drab 
one uh, no, an exciting one all. First time we played Back them in away. August. Yeah, we were really good in the first half. Then there was the really drab home leg for Wolves in the FA Cup. And then right. there was the slightly less leg. leg, well, yeah, game. And then the slightly less drab replay of that, which broke Marcus Rashford's back. And then that game, which broke my brain because I yeah. had to spend two hours watching that absolute rubbish. I mean, it was it was really, really rubbish. And United did the thing that United do, which, you know, it's taking pot shots from unfavorable angles and great distances and because we don't create good chances we just do not and and um i disagree with ollie's assessment and most of the internet's assessment uh when it comes to united because ollie thinks these are chances because we've had a shot they're not they're not for most of the shots that, and you know actually yes literally most of the shots united took uh, we are likely to score one in a hundred. So, in order to win that game, we need to take hundred shots. I don't think United in a game will have ever taken a hundred shots. Nowhere near. Some, sometimes we would be uh, well pushed to take a hundred passes. Quite a few in this one, but he's, it's uh, like it's these are not shots. These are not good chances. The best chance we had by miles and miles and miles was Diego Dallo at the end. Yeah, absolutely, and that's come to Diego Dallo, a fullback. Who's well, and he fell over, ahead. you know. Yeah. And you know, he, 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 he kind of had to fall over because it, of like where the ball was. He actually did well to get ahead on it. It wasn't like a bad miss. He, he did well to kind of twist his body around to get ahead on it. Um, for, oh, and it said much for United that in order to change the game up, we bought Jesse Lingard and Diego Dallo on. Honestly. Honestly. Oh, God, it's really upsetting. Uh Solskjaer said after the game, oh, I hate anything, you know, anything that starts with that is going to be like, everyone's going to be miserable after whatever comes next. Um, but he said, uh, I've only seen this in one place, so sorry if it's not an accurate quote. He apparently said, uh, not many teams break Wolves down and every single team in the division bar, I think two have scored against Wolves this season. So that sounds like almost everybody breaks walls down, actually, Ollie. <laughs> um, and we just... It, it's amazing how um, infuriating he's become. And, uh, you know, I want him to succeed. Let me just be clear. I, I wish he was succeeding because he's Ollie and he's a hero and he's one of ours. And there's nothing more romantic than, you know, if he was doing a fantastic job. Um, and he's not. And... At the risk of sounding like a broken record, he's getting at less than the sum of the parts. He's got a bad squad, but he's getting less than the sum of the parts. We were behind Sheffield United. You can't tell me that Sheffield United have a better squad than Manchester United. Um, and then the second thing is, in a completely different way than Mourinho, who used to wind me up with everything he said all the time, right? Oli is beginning to wind me up, and I hate that because he he's either on this kind of uh, happy, like, uh, happy warrior pretending reality doesn't exist kick, uh, which I can kind of understand. He wants to be positive, 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 and we're hoping behind the scenes he's reading the right act to the players that need it and putting the arm around the shoulder to the players that need it and, you know, thoroughly working on United's game in between, of which there's very little evidence, but, you know, hey, let's pretend he is. He's either doing that or he's just being weird. Like giving weird limp 
sorry to say it, I can't think of a better way of putting it, competition winner vibes in interviews. He just is. And it's it's blown my mind. And like I, I listen to him or read something and I, I want to tweet it and I'm like, I won't do that because, you know, it's just like negative all the time. And I'm always being accused of being negative anyway. So I'll WhatsApp it to you guys instead. <laughs> Um, and then we could talk about it on the show and be accused of being negative. I, I don't think anyone's accusing us of that particularly. I haven't had any messages saying that the show is taken and it kind of... The thing is, of course, at the moment, the culture is such that if you say anything nice about him, you're accused of being a weird glazer stooge by a whole bunch of weirdos. And if you say anything critical of him, uh, you've got a whole bunch of people going to support the club. So you're in a slightly loosely situation, but we are operating on the basis that there are a substantial number of people that actually just want the our best attempts at a nuanced take, which is what we'll always give you. But you know you said he's annoying you in a, in a completely different way to Mourinho. I actually think if you, if you dig into the core root of what's going on, it's the same as what Mourinho was doing, which is the really annoying thing about it is it's all about the preservation of the person's job and the person's reputation over the club's well-being because let's let's assume that Solskjaer is more emotionally invested in the well-being of Man United than Jose Mourinho was but actually the way he's behaving is he's very invested in keeping the job which is what Mourinho was too um or Mourinho as well his broader reputation you know um and I tell you what Solskjaer is doing Mourinho's broader reputation a lot of favors but only among people who are not paying attention because so much of the malaise, you know, predates so much of the kind of short-termism, you know. And one thing that I thought was really noticeable is, like, uh, we were lining up for a set piece and Gary Neville was talking about how Maguire and Lindelof was really the only height in the box. And I remember us lining up under Mourinho and just, like, I'm I'm not a short man. I'm six foot something, six one, I think. And I was, I remember being in the... um the mix zone and just looking at all these absolute giants walk past in the Mourinho era when you've got kind of Matic and Pogba and Zlatan and the two big centre-halves and, you know, we, we've we've shrunk a lot post-Mourinho. <laughs> yes. I, um, I was going to say, I was going to make some quip about on the pitch too, but I, I don't know, actually. It was bad under Mourinho and I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a Mourinho truther, so bad in a very different way to football, but it's pretty bad now too. It's worse. It's demonstrably, literally, points points provably worse. The fact that we have got considerably fewer points than we had at this stage last season, um, you know, it, it, Solskjaer is doing almost as bad a job as he could possibly be doing at this point. Yes, and the Mourinho truthers get a bit of uh, ammunition, don't they? You know, two nil win for Spurs. Oh, they must be buzzing, must be buzzing, yeah. buzzing their heads off right now, yeah. And uh, Bergwin <laughs> scored a um, fine goal, didn't he, on his debut for uh, Spurs? If you haven't seen it, yeah. I did not. I did not see that. Well done. Yeah. Well done to banging him. volley. Uh, yeah, well done to him. Uh, they managed to pull off. You know what? You know, you were saying earlier. It's been a really hard window. Um, it wasn't a hard window for Borussia Dortmund, apparently. They they brought in a striker <laughs> who scored like 900 goals. Seven, I think, in three. <laughs> Plus a couple of assists just to you know, throw it in there. And then they just signed um, Emran Chan as well because um, they need some extra bodies in midfield, I guess. So they're, they're doing all right. 
apparently. I mean, we signed Fernand- we signed Fernandez, who's a player we kind of Andy clearly... Garlo and the keeper from Southend. So there you go. Oh yeah, of course. The um the fact that we were heavily linked with Haaland at the beginning of the window and ended up uh, with Odi Lagallo is really good. I hope. I tell you what, though, I will be cheering my head off for Odi Lagallo's first Manchester United goal just based on that picture of him as a kid yeah. in the United shirt. It's just like absolutely amazing. Thing. Sixty million euros is Haaland's buyout in the summer of twenty twenty one. So that's the point when. Uh, United hand twenty million over to Mino Raiola as his commission, I suppose. <laughs> I look, I look forward to it. Anyway, shall we move on? Shall we uh, take a quick break and come back with some questions from the good folk of Twitter land? Let's do it. If you want more from us, the people what brought you this here podcast, you can follow us on various social media platforms. Ed is on Twitter at NQAT Pod. You can find us on Facebook at uh, No Question About That Podcast, formerly United Rant. Cheers, Facebook. Or my personal platform of choice, you can follow us on Instagram at NQAT Pod. We are delighted to once again be brought to you by The Athletic, um, where you can find a team of world-class writers covering the whole of the Premier League um, and, of course, lots of attention paid to United by the club writer Laurie Whitwell and lots of the sort of big names, including David Ornstein and Oliver Kay and Danny Taylor. Um, If you want a seven-day free trial to see whether you like it, uh, and then if you do like it, get 50% off your annual subscription, which, as I may have mentioned once or twice, means that the total price of it comes out to eight pence a day. Then head to theathletic.co.uk forward slash NQAT pod. That's theathletic.co.uk forward slash NQAT pod for a seven day free trial and 50% off your first year. No ads, no pop ups on the app. I really, I really like their app. So what's, uh, what's been some athletic content that's caught your eye this week, Ed? Well, I thought a fun piece to talk about was the full list of the 113 players linked with United in the uh, press uh, since November the 1st. So, yeah, you know, broadly speaking, for this transfer window. And uh, Laurie has, uh, from the Athletic, the United correspondent, has um, listed them all. Uh, there's that's some absolute crackers on here as well. Uh, including quite a few players I'd never heard of, honestly. <laughs> so, 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 do you have this in front of you, or can I test? No, you? I've just, I've just put it down so that you all can't right, test right. me. So Let's I'm going to pick it in random order, just in case you're scanning from the top. No, no, okay. No. Who does Emmanuel Denis play for? I'll give you a, you know, bit of bit of an accent there. You know, give you a sort of clue. Lille. No. Club Bruges. Okay. Oh, okay. Banging okay. them in against United in a couple of weeks' time. All right. All right. Who does Joe Gelhart play for? That name rings about. Are they American? No. Is he American? Oh, mm. oh, okay. He might be. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, he right, might. He no. might be. I don't know. He... Is it somewhere in Holland? No. No. No idea. Much closer than that. Okay. Wigan Athletic. Scotland. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who does Mathis Rayen Cherky play for? You might get this one. I've never heard of that person. No? He's played for Lyon. Oh, okay. Who does Islam Slimani play for? Uh, That's a great question. So I'm going to... I know that the answer is not Leicester City, 
but in my head it's sort of permanent. He did play for Leicester, right? I um, just made that up. Well, strictly speaking, he's still a Leicester player. Okay, right, because he, he... Where's he on loan now? I remember him being really good for Algeria, and by really good, I mean really fast. Um, where's he on Where's Islam Slimani on loan? Uh, I'm going to say he's on loan at somewhere in France. Is that right? Yeah, well, yes, yes. Oh, Monaco. French League. M- French Monaco. League. Yes. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I paused for a moment yeah, there. Thank you know, you. I don't want to cause a geopolitical incident. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, it's, it's a great piece. Um, kind of, this is where the uh, 20 million for Josh King um, quote comes from, and 113 names. All right, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna very quickly read you as fast as I can the 45 midfielders. Eric Jr. Din, Dina Mbembe, Matias Vecino, Efren Morales, Ruben Neves. Wow, that'd be nice. Imagine if we signed Ruben Neves in the January transfer window. Harry Winks, Adrian Rabio, Tony Crows, Sean Longstaff, Todd Cantwell, Getson Fernandez, Philippe Coutinho, <laughs> Eric Dyer, Augustin Almendra, uh, Fabian Ruiz, Bubakari Sumari, Donny van der Beek, Ivan Rakitic, Jude Bellingham, Saul Niguez, Danny Olmo, Alessandro Ferenzi, Eduardo Camavinga, Leonardo Paredes, Sandro Tonali, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Arturo Vidal, Dejan Kulovsevsky, Denis Zakaria, Bruno Fernandez, we signed him, Ezkiel Barso, Nicolo Zaniolo, Kai Havertz, James Madison, Matias Pereira, Gianluca Busio, Emre Chan, Calvin Phillips, Blaise Matuidi, James Rodriguez, Christian Eriksen, Dwight McNeil, John McGinn, Declan Rice, Gra- Jack Grealish and Sander Berg. Who had a good uh, debut for Sheffield United. Quite a few of those midfielders did actually move this window. Yeah. Only one of them to United. Uh, which was Bruno Fernandes. Anyway, great, great piece. Uh, enjoyed reading that. Yeah. So if you want a seven-day free trial and 50% off your first year's subscription, which genuinely is a fantastic deal in my opinion, um, uh, head to, like, before we were sponsored by them, there was another podcast that should be Remain Nameless, whose referral code I used uh, because it felt like a good deal and turns out it was, in fact, a good deal. Um, so, yeah, athletic.co.uk forward slash pod. That's one of the most stupid questions I've ever heard in my life. I test my patience. All right. Do do we have to? Do we have to? It's like, you know, do we? I suppose we should. Yeah, we, we, the only reason we don't want to is not that we don't love the people that listen, is that the subject matters are almost universally depressing because it's also hideously depressing at the moment. Jetson Gospel says, an update on Smalling's vegan menu in Italy from Paul, please. Have you you been uh, you've been uh, following what he's eating? I haven't been following. He hasn't posted a lot of uh, pictures of food on his Instagram. He did put a picture of himself in an absolutely lovely jacket, you know, like very Italian tailoring. It was just like Chris Morling is out here living his best life. Yeah, Stanley Chow, friend of the show, says, "Should you like put all the eggs in the Europa Cup basket?" A la Jose. And yeah, no, <laughs> interesting question. Uh, we are ranked second, so. Again, on the SPI index rankings, sorry, get nerdy, just behind Sevilla in terms of quality of squad. So, hard one to win now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we got a really favourable draw, I think, in the season that we won it under Mourinho. And he did a a fine job of dismantling Ajax in the final. final. Um, 
but actually, you know, we had Pogba, we had Zlatan, who was like absolutely instrumental in that Europa League run. I, I think a lot will depend on how quickly and effectively Rashford comes back to fitness. Um, if we've got mm-hmm. Rashford, then I kind of believe anything's possible. And we have missed him so, so, so much. Oh, God. Yeah, when you saw Martial yesterday really struggling to give United any kind of focal point or impact and Dan James is broken. Yeah, yeah. M- missed Rashford huge amounts. So I guess Rashford, he's he's looking at April or something like that, depending on how well this clears up. So far away. <laughs> Two games against Club Bruges uh, is February and yeah, February. that should be all right. Yeah, right? yeah. That should be all right, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll see what we get after I mean, that. I'm, I have to say that me saying should be all right is based entirely on that time we played them twice because I have not paid one iota of attention to Club Rouge since those two games. So maybe they've revolutionised themselves in the meantime, but I, I, I don't know. Ed Simmons on, or Simons on Twitter says, uh, Chemical Eddie, nice, nice at handle there. Do you, do you know why that's his at handle? I don't. Because that's one of the actual oh, Chemical Brothers, Ed. Stop! As one of the actual <laughs> Chemical Brothers. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, I'm Ed. Being so, I'm, I'm being so dumb. Yes. Just, just, so, just so you know, Ed, other Ed, Ed that's listening, Ed, the extent to which... I was a big 17, fan. 17-year-old <laughs> us is nerding the heck out right now. Cannot be overstated. Yes. Uh, Chemical Eddie um, was my nickname in those days, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> it says, will we ever score again? Good. When will we next score, Paul? Who will we play next? I can't even remember. Uh, it's it's absolutely ages away. That we, We're certainly not going to score for a fortnight because we don't play any games. So uh, we're playing on Monday the 17th away at Chelsea. <laughs> So I think the answer the answer to the question is we're next going to score a goal in Belgium Belgium on Thursday the twentieth. That's 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 when United Hong Kong says your honest prediction of the United season. I think we're going to finish sixth and uh, get knocked out in the semi-finals of the Europa League. How about that? Uh, oh. and Wayne Rooney's going to score a banger in uh, the fifth round of the FA Cup and put us out. Um, uh, did they have that? Hasn't has that game happened yet? Hasn't, uh, hasn't played. Uh, no, no. It's a shame. I'm really, I am very, very emotionally invested in Derby winning that game, so we get to see Wayne again. Um, the uh, the the truth is, I think at this point, sixth is a borderline optimistic prediction for the rest of our season. Like the the teams, there are still teams below us, particularly Arsenal, who could click into another gear. I mean. I don't know whether how likely that is, but Sheffield United aren't really showing any serious signs of faltering. Chelsea certainly aren't showing signs of faltering. And, and you would imagine that Mourinho will drag enough results out of Spurs in his first season there, particularly they've, you know, with their new signing. I, I don't think it's nailed on that we I don't think it's nailed on that we finish this league six season in the top six. <laughs> No, it's def- it's definitely not nailed on. I mean, we we should be looking up, and and obviously, it, yeah. we just can't find any consistency to put pressure on a Chelsea side that are desperately inconsistent as well. I mean, they're they're having a bad time of it at the moment, Chelsea. Uh, like, not a good set of results in the last ten games, but um, but yet they're six points ahead of us. I mean, they're, they'll be coming under pressure now from Spurs or maybe Sheffield United. Yeah, maybe yeah. you know. 
It shows you what the power of a good manager is, you know. But also, which I had no idea. I had no idea that Sheffield United had big Saudi investment. Like I just they did do. Not know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, no it was really was um, it, it was controversial because not, not only was it uh, investment uh, Saudi investment, but it was unclear who actually owned the club. Mm. So the previous owner took um, took them to court in order to try and clarify that he was actually the owner. He lost, so he's no longer the owner of the previous owner. I'm sorry, I've completely forgotten his name. Um, and now there's um, a problem with the stadium because the previous owner owns Bramall Lane and he's being forced to sell it. So they've got to come up with a figure to... Uh, the club has basically got to buy Bramall Lane, right. which is going to be apparently in the 20 to 25 million range valued at, and the club will have to come up with that money. So that's going to impact their summer spending and so on. Um, Stan Stan asked a follow-up question as well, which was, if United win the Europa Cup with Ole, do we keep him? And I, I think that... I, if... I think for sure that the club would do, given all the noises coming out, for sure. Oh, man. And and we've had a question on, on the other angle of this from Sam Evanson, a friend of the show, Sam Evanson, saying, do you think Ole is merely clearing the chaff in preparation for the summer of Poch? Yeah, and Oli, Oli Epines says, how long until announced Poch is trending on um, Twitter once Oli finally gets the sack and we're, when we mathematically can't get to the top four? Well, actually, see, I think the, th- the thing is, I don't think that's guaranteed because, as we've said before, Woodward and Oli are, like, they are, they are glued at the hip. Now, so just, uh, Woodward brief- has invested his reputation in Oli succeeding. Brief word on Woodward. Um, didn't appear to be in attendance at United Wolves, um, perhaps avoiding the walkout, which does not, certainly from on TV... I mean, I know some people who walked out, but it didn't. It certainly didn't look like it was a mass movement of any kind, that walkout, which not massively surprised about. But, hey, um, it's, you know, these things are... Fans need to get organised in a way that they're not. Fans, fans cannot organise because it's uh, it, it's like expecting smokers to mass give up smoking at a designated time. It's just not going to happen, unfortunately. And and I think you know they are right in the sense that putting pressure, either visible pressure of fans demonstrably unhappy with the club, which no sponsor wants to be associated with. Um, uh, which walking out would do, or banners, or scarves, or flags, or uh, all sorts of other stuff. Less so on social media because it's it's drowned out in the the mass of you know millions of people. Um, but it's just super hard to organise it. You know, hey, um, was the time I was involved with uh, people at the um, supporters trust, and you know they just it, right at the height of green and gold they had about. 100,000 e-members, and it's a drop in the ocean. So, Harry Riddick says, is signing uh, Odion Egalo worth it on the basis that his name fits perfectly into the Falcao chant? Should we sign a striker on loan every five and a half years that fits this chant? Yes, yeah. I think we should. <laughs> 100%. And if Lolololo Odion Egalo isn't sung, I want to be so annoyed. We had a question um, from at the highs and the lows, good, good username, saying, are you going to give Igalo a chance to prove himself to you? And the answer to that is always, of course, yes. And also, he doesn't need to, doesn't need to prove anything to us. Man is living his absolute best life. Like, so that's, that's completely, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, 
be I I'm not sure there's any metric by which you should you should reasonably be expecting him to be a success at United but if he is and also what what success means if he scores five goals between now and the end of the season that'd be brilliant you know uh, yeah that's... I don't think he'll start that many games but again no. warm body yeah at Shark Hamlet says what are the best tactics for affecting change at the club um so I was gonna say kidnap Edwin van der Sar or some other decent director of football and just got to be really careful with encouraging acts of crime at this point. You know? No, no, no. I think, you know, bag over the head, get him on a plane. <laughs> like You will sign us decent players. Uh, um, I, unfortunately, and I, sorry to give the kind of downbeat, downbeat cynical view of this, I think we as fans have lost uh, and that the Glazers are completely and totally entrenched in our club. Um, and there's absolutely nothing we can do short of, if you've got any mates that are billionaires, encourage them to buy the club or club together. In fact, get your billionaire mates to, you know, start talking to their in their billionaire talking language mm-hmm. and club together and buy the club. Yeah. That's how you get changed. Um, one of my favourite questions this week from at DBigmore1, is it normal to be lower than... Lower than the team in the league that you loaned a player to, asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dean Henderson looking down on us from Sheffield. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, uh, not really a question, says at Ben Pummel, but would be interested in hearing your thoughts on Shaw's post-match interview following the Wolves game. Surprisingly, he was the only one demonstrating the attitude you'd expect, more so than Ollie. He looked devastated and pissed off. I actually thought Luke Shaw was pretty good in this game um, and I was surprised that he was selected uh, but I felt like he honestly warranted his selection. He um, got skinned uh, by Adama Traore twice in the first 10 minutes uh, and I thought oh, oh dear like yeah this looks good because Brandon Williams I mean because he destroyed Luke Shaw earlier this season and Brandon Williams kept, kept Traore quiet twice. I was like hmm have you forgotten who did well and who did badly against this player? And I thought it was going to be one of those days. But apart from apart from that, he did very well, sure. I thought he, he did keep him at bay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Ha- yeah. But I also Aaron thought... Maguire trying to dislocate his shoulder also helped. <laughs> I thought he was also... I thought Shaw was quite good going forward. Um, in he, he was... Listen, I thought he was better than he has been generally. I thought it was... A, it was... This was... I just didn't want it to go past without a mention that I, I thought Luke Shaw was... I was desperately trying to think of talking points after that game. I was like, I think Luke Shaw had quite a good game is one of my three talking points. Luke Shaw's expected assists in this game, naught point naught. No, look, it's not all right. All right, right, Johnny. Oh, hold on. Let me just get my glasses out, push them up my nose and say, well, um, actually. Uh, the stats community reacting, well, the analytics community reacting with general hilarity to United trying to sign Josh King and Odie Nagalo in the same day. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, so Laurie Whitwell, I was just scanning through uh, United correspondent at the, at the Athletic saying that United did make a £20 million offer for Josh King, <laughs> which is just extraordinary. <laughs> and apparently Bournemouth turned it down because they expected twice that. It's forty million pounds gets you three goals. Apparently, it's absolutely unbelievable. The f- the nerve of this football club to, to like 
I know he used to, I know he's like, he's one of our own. So is Danny Welbeck. I'd rather spend 20 million on Danny Welbeck. At least I'm emotionally involved in him. Like, <laughs> Josh, Josh I'm King. surprised we didn't go for James Wilson because, you know, he's just moved to Salford. <laughs> he's only up the road. Get him in on a quick loan if we need to. Uh, um, I hope he, I hope he bangs him in. I hope he bangs him in. That feels like a very, very class of 92 signing, doesn't it? Like, Oh, who was that kid that was good and then got injured and might still be all right? I think he wasn't on loan at Aberdeen for ages and didn't yeah. score any goals there either. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, you know, it's a it's a really sad story, James Wilson, because he was. There's no doubt whatsoever that James Wilson was on course for a really, really not necessarily at United, but a really successful, probably top flight, probably minimum championship, like really good striker trajectory and it really was just injuries that that did for him and so it's so hard to be a professional footballer and that's one like when we have like a massive pop at I don't know say Jesse Lingard for example like it's I always I'm a bit like yeah gotta remember it is really difficult to be a professional footballer but anyway our job is to analyze whether they're uh, playing well or not and the answer is is not <laughs> not, not in that not. case yeah not. anyway should we leave it there for for questions from the peeps take yeah, a let's, very let's quick break and um come back with uh with with what because we're not playing a game for ages oh we'll come back and wrap up the show all right enjoy no question about that if so let others know about us the best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on itunes and hit that subscribe button Yeah, you were going to say uh, we'll come back after the break with the Chelsea preview, weren't you? But we've got about 15 shows between now and when we next have a game. Uh, we're trying to work out exactly what we're going to do content-wise, but we're going to try and get something in your uh, RSS feeds at least twice between now and, and the Chelsea game. Yeah, um, we have something for Friday, Yeah, uh, an, an interview, and then after that we'll do uh, any questions answered. Ask me anything. Whatever yeah, the, what, what is the terminology it's, it's that AMA. you're allowed to... It's right, always okay. AMA because if it's a AQA, that's all questions answered, and there's absolutely no way I'm committing to that because people have some <laughs> wild stuff. But ask me anything is completely different because then you could choose whether to answer or not. But yeah, we don't we don't play until um, the seventeenth. I mean, how badly? It's not an international break, right? There's no international no, no, football it's winter in this winter break. Winter break. I mean, this is I I just started hearing because you know I had a pop at clock for. Not um, not saying he wasn't going to manage in this FA Cup game and that he wouldn't play any senior players. I didn't realise until between when I said that and now that there was a, an actual winter break. When, when, who decided this? When was it decided? How has it come about? Well, it, it came about because the Premier League clubs, as they do when there's any kind of regulation change, voted on it. You need two thirds of the the teams to vote, 14 teams to vote on something for it to come in and much like they did with moving the transfer window which i reckon actually is going to go this uh this ending the summer transfer window early um it, they did the same and voted in a winter break two week winter break so, it's great it's a great that's move. why Klopp was so pissed off yeah uh, and, because and- because the premier league created winter break but the fa didn't so the fa cup is not on a break and I, I completely agree with Klopp. Like I've, I, I, oh, I was sure, having a pop yeah, at him, I, but I completely I, I agree, agree with, with him. his frustration. 
I don't agree with his his answer being I'm not going to bother turning up. I th- I think he's completely right to say no if you're going to not if you're not going to take the welfare of these players seriously we're, I'm not going to participate in your tin pot trophy that only old don't men the under twenty threes they don't count no <laughs> they, they, don't no, well, count. they don't they don't have anywhere near the same load that's not that's not. And, and, and what what what's Klopp's load. He's booked a holiday. He's he needs holidays as much as anyone else. It's not easy Betty, to just. I bet he hasn't. Bet he hasn't. Anyway, I I, I don't like it because uh, anyway, whatever. Don't, I don't want to get like to Klopp. It, you don't like it because it's Jurgen Klopp. Is that why? No, specifically, you don't like it because it's the Liverpool manager. Because you would not mind Jurgen Klopp at all if he managed literally anyone else. I I if if uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had done that, I'd think it was really disrespectful that he could just go. I'm not bothering turning up. But you can't. Isn't and it he really... would be absolutely eviscerated for this. Anyway, <laughs> isn't isn't the isn't his point absolutely sound? That no, if... his point's sound, but his reaction to it's not right. He should go. This is wrong. You said we'd have a break. You screwed this up. You, this is you know, this is unfair on teams who have a, a cup replay, um, and you know he could have thought of this before he turned out a reserve side against Shrewsbury in the first place. Uh, that that there was this risk, and and he could have made that stand, and he'd have been completely right. But instead, he went further than that, even playing under twenty threes and going, well, I can't risk any of my players; they need a break. That's okay. You know, that's. I mean, it's some people would say it's disrespectful to the competition, but the actual manager going, no, I'm not going to turn up either. I think that's a step too far for me. So, what's the delineation? Why is that? Why is that the kind of breaking point? Because he's the manager. Okay. I mean, it, it's like I am too important to even bother. One thing is like I need to rotate my resources, and my players need a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the figurehead of this club and he's saying, I am more important than this whole competition. I think he's saying that we all need a break. There was a break arranged. We've all all agreed we're having a break. We're having a break. I I think that's... No, no, but he doesn't get to set the rules for the the competition. No, but he... Like Jurgen Klopp on his own does not get to go... I'm deciding that these are the rules for this competition. It wasn't like this was different from the start of the season. Like, it was always the case that replays, they haven't suddenly changed this up. Replays Mm. from the fourth round would be played three days after the win. He'll still get two weeks. It's a 17-day break or something like that. Okay. So, the okay. I don't know. Um, I, at the... uh, to, in his defence, one more time, I don't know why, I'm, why I've taken this position, but apparently that's where we find ourselves. Um, he did try to play, he played a reserve side against Everton, to, Everton's first team, to try and get knocked out. <laughs> it didn't work. So he's had, he's had a good go at getting knocked out of the competition. He, he has definitely had a good go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have we got anything else to talk about on this show this week? No, I guess not. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it's, we come to the end of the transfer window and and ultimately... You know, obviously, like the kind of scramble for Igalo on the last day is is sort of um, leaves a bit of a sour taste because it's such a an obvious act of desperation. But the the signing of Fernandez is a really good step, and like you say, we we kind of we it was entirely predictable that this would be then the briefing would be this is coming out of the summer transfer budget, um, and that 
that is actually a big problem. And I, and I think like the signing of Fernandez is good. And, um, you know, he did look, he looked quality. You know what, you know, when just the way a player addresses a ball, they just sort of have that look of quality about them that, you know, certainly Pogba has that. He does have that kind of just grace and ease of passing, but he, as we saw in this game and as we are going to see time and time and time again, and as we've seen all the way through Pogba's United career, he's not going to be able to do it on his own. And we are in massive, massive trouble as a club. And I think there's nothing about the signing of, of Fernandez is, is good in the sense that we could be in even worse trouble as a club if we hadn't made an investment like that. But I still think I kind of feel it feels a bit churlish to say, Ultimately, this is a very disappointing transfer window, given that he has come. But it is. Well, it's disappointing because we needed much, much more. Yeah. And and United cannot execute on more than three deals. So Pogba will go and we'll get three players in the summer, if we're lucky. Mm. And, you know, things, It's it just feels like we're in the wilderness now for a long time. And, uh, you know, trying to enjoy the odd... Uh, spectacular Bruno Fernandes goal but in the meantime enjoy as as friend of the show James Bonser said how much do you need two weeks off Man United I know I do and honestly yeah a winter break is uh, if we had a if we had an FA Cup replay during this winter break Ed I might be saying I'm too important for this I need a break you'd be sending Carl Anker in here to uh, <laughs> to, to sub for you would you no, Carl is. Uh, I I would. He's he's ahead of me in the pecking order. So that w- that's not how it would work. That was a joke from our uh, pre-conversation. Of course, actually, I don't think no, we no, about it was it. on the show. <laughs> it was on the show. Oh, it was yeah, on the, the show. session planning was on the show. That's yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we'll All right. we'll be back on. Uh, we've got a show lined up for Friday. We're pretty sure we'll have a show uh, for Monday as well. Um, oh, we we'll definitely have a show for Monday because we're gonna do. Uh, an AMA so yeah um, you can start getting your questions in everywhere you like so um, on I'll, I always look at the Instagram um, for for questions there so so fire them there and obviously on Twitter using hashtag NQATpod and yeah follow us on Instagram at NQATpod I might do some stuff you can even do it on Facebook I have to admit that I didn't realize people sent us Facebook messenger messages and <laughs> there were several in there years old yeah. So we will check them this yeah, time. Yeah, I replied to a question from 2014. It was really good. <laughs> I think the, I can't remember what it was, but the answer was no. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back. Oh, Patreon. Okay. Patreon backers, of course. Stay tuned for more content. Bye now. Bye now.